Welcome to Dyslexics Wanted, celebrating the unique strengths and creativity so often the hallmark of people with dyslexia. I'm Jordan Rich, and the Web Innovation Center for Dyslexia invites you to join us on the podcast. If you or someone you care about has a story to tell, we'd consider featuring it right here on Dyslexics Wanted. So before we get started with today's show, send us your story. Email me directly. Jordan, that's J-O-R-D-A-N, at chartproductions, C-H-A-R-T productions.com, or you can call and leave a message, 781-356-1500. Again, 781-356-1500. On today's podcast, our guest is Wes Hamilton, who's about to share some of his amazing story of how he's living his life after becoming paralyzed. Wes is an award-winning athlete, entrepreneur, influencer, and dad. His story is not only inspirational, but has changed the minds of many about what we can do, what we can accomplish despite challenges. Now, we all know that this podcast focuses on dyslexia and learning disabilities. That's a challenge. But when you hear about Wes, a community leader, business owner, and public figure in Kansas City, who's dedicated his life to the mission of spreading positivity and love, and also someone who targets discrimination and bullying, well, I think this is the kind of interview that will certainly impact you as it did me. We begin with Wes telling us about what happened, the shooting, and how it changed his life. Oh, man. (laughs) Actually, you know, eight years ago, January 14th, (laughs) um, I was shot multiple times going back to my car after a altercation with an ex-girlfriend of mine, Um, and that led to me being paralyzed from the waist down for the rest of my life. How old were you at the time? I I actually just turned 24. My birthday is January 9th. Wow. And so now you're a, a little over 30 and a whole new life uh, took place. There's so much to talk with you about. I want to just back up a little bit and ask you to comment on the fact that you said before this change occurred, you were dealing with uh, uh, being out of shape, being overweight, not eating healthy, things like that. And then things changed for the better. Can you explain life before the accident? For sure. Thank you for asking. <laughs> that's, mm-hmm. that's my bread and butter right there, before the accident. So life before the accident was just, I was really a product of my environment. Um, I I didn't, I wasn't um, seeking opportunity uh, due, to this, uh, due to circumstances, just where I was living. Um, and I was very negative uh, at that time. So yeah, being overweight caused a lot of uh, self-esteem issues for me as I grew up. Um, I was 5'4". I never had been a tall guy, so I've always been short and just stubby. And so people used to, you know, tease me in school and the peer pressure at school. Well, that transition where that I wanted to be this bad boy, I wanted because um, I, I believe that, you know, once you turn to a negative lifestyle, ain't nobody really going to tease you no more. Mm. Uh, nobody knew that the defeat but that led to a lot of just a lot of bad choices man you know and um i would say that if i can best describe my life before i was walking without a heartbeat Hmm. interesting way to put it one of the things that i picked up from many of the videos i've watched is your statement that you didn't want to be different back then you wanted to fit in and you were just saying that and now your life has taken a complete uh, 180 because of what happened, and you celebrate being different. Talk a little bit about that, if you will. Share with us. Yeah, you know, there no leaders in my community. You know, I come, I'm African-American, and, you know, there's just everybody goes a certain direction. It's a lot of just 
it's just bad in my community when it comes to like mentorism. So there was nobody I could ever look up to that was actually doing something good, you know. And so um, those that I looked up to it was just like your class clowns, your your um, your drug dealers, you know. Those were the most successful people that I always seen. So like that lifestyle, um, I wanted to fit in with that, you know. Um, I was very smart in school. Um, I loved to read. I loved to write. But those those uh, skills were, you know, talked down in the community that I came from. So in my mind, I couldn't be that person because there was nobody else that set that example to say, hey, Wes, if you like to do that, go ahead and do that because that is your path. Instead, everybody else was walking the same path of mm. living a negative life, going into the streets and things like that. And for me, um, I believe that that was, the, that was the path that I was supposed to be on um, just because it was everybody around me. Uh, was on these type of paths. So I just, mm. again, yeah, I wanted to fit in. I wanted, I didn't want to be talked about for being overweight, um, you know, and I think that had a big uh, deal with me um, growing up as, on self-esteem issues. But, yeah, fitting in um, mm. really, really got to me. Now, like you said, uh, I celebrate being different. Well, when I was trying, when I was forcing myself to fit in, nobody showed me how to be different, and nobody was different around me right like there was not one apple out of the bunch that was just mm. doing something different we were all doing the same thing mm. and um and had that same mindset and so uh once i got paralyzed i was different everybody seen me different i looked in the mirror and i saw a different person um and that me being different allowed those that i had always tried to fit in with disappear because now something changed. I couldn't be the guy doing the same thing they was doing. I had to deal with being in a wheelchair and the life that that caused. And and so people disappeared. And I always tell people the moment I was alone was the moment I could find myself. Mm. And when I was alone, I started to embrace being different. Because at that point, I had to, you know, build myself up. I had to motivate myself and gain this level of confidence. And when I got that confidence, I realized that, well, this confidence is not the confidence that I always thought I had when I was trying to fit in. This was something powerful. This it, was something that felt good. Talking here with an amazing young man, Wesley Hamilton. And Wes, with your disability, it's quite obvious. You're in a wheelchair. There's no escaping the fact that you're different, but you've managed to work with that and work with that in your favor. Correct. And that was... I think that was the the moment that I had to, that was my reality check to say, Wes, if you want to continue living this life and live it, you know, in a positive manner, live it happy, live it the way you want to live it or you, you know, that you wish to live and you have to embrace your reality. You have to accept who you are. Mm. And when I was able to accept who I was, um, that is like literally what, what trans, like changed everything. Were there guides or mentors, anybody in your life who was either there before or came into your life at that time that was able to help, that were able to step in and offer you some assistance, or did you pretty much figure this out on your own? I figured it out on my own, and it, primarily it was maybe because I did. <laughs> huh. I figured it out on my own because at the beginning of my injury, I hated myself so much. Right. Like I had so much hate. So even though, yeah, that transition happened, it might have took three, four years before I actually started to embrace my reality and accept who I was. 
And so after those couple years, I was still, like, my first two years, I was trying to get back to the old West. Mm. You know, like, I'm thinking that's the way I'm supposed to be. So a lot of help that came my way, I pushed it away, you know, and because I couldn't accept myself. And so when I started to accept myself, I had already pushed away probably all the help that really could have maybe made that process go a little smoother. Mm. So I really, I had to take control of myself, and I'm actually pretty happy that I did. Talk a little bit about what you discovered about your body after you after you had this horrible thing happen to you. Oh, man, you know, I was, one of the things I always tell people is, you know, I'm paralyzed physically now, but I was always paralyzed mentally. And um, because I allowed my, uh, I limited myself due to circumstance, right? Like I limited myself due to my surroundings and um, and because I didn't know anyone that had, like overcame or became more than their circumstances, I fell into that trap. And so, you know, now, you know, I, I was able to take control of my life. I was on, I got put on bed rest for two years. Once I got injured, um, I, it got so bad where I was uh, 21 hours a day that I had to really be in a bed. And uh, that was when I got into like fitness and nutrition because, um, the doctor told me the only way I could heal these wounds that I had um, acquired over this time uh, was adding more protein to my diet, and that was really foreign to me. <laughs> when you say protein, um, <laughs> but I knew, um, I mean, of course, as your listeners should know, that I am a single father. So I had literally had just got custody of my daughter several months before my injury, and so she was two at the time. So, like, while I'm going through this whole defeat, I had this little girl, you know, that was in the other room. And even though I didn't want to live, I had to live for her. So I wanted to throw that out, too. But I think that was the the go. It was like I was on bed rest. I, my daughter would kept watching me, and I'm, I'm negative, and I hate my life and all this. So, to man, I got to take control. But I don't know no knowledge about protein. So... Since I could get up for three hours a day, I enrolled into a community college. I took up a dietitian course. I would go uh, on campus for an hour just to get out the house. I would come back home, um, do online work, and I got I became very dedicated to learning about nutrition, and it, I fell in love with it. And then uh, in a year's time, I had lost a hundred pounds. Mm. What about the exercise and the weightlifting and all of the activities? When did that start for you? After I lost 100 pounds, I was still on bed rest. Um, and so my last surgery was January of 2015, so literally four years ago. Mm. Once I got out, I just started to try to be independent. I'm like, now I'm skinny, right? Like, I have been in big boy my whole <laughs> life. I got this motivation now. So I'm like, shoot, I got to go. You know, I, I, I think I had a picture where I kind of looked at my, my stomach, and I'm like, I'm real skinny. I need abs now. Like, I never even dreamed of abs, right? So um, I got my first gym membership September of 2015, and I just started to just go in there, and I didn't really know what I was doing, but I just liked it. And uh, um, with this transformation, I had started my organization, um, the Disabled But Not Really Foundation, and um, the goal was just to help people with disabilities become more active and healthy because, for me, I lost 100 pounds, and I did it without walking. 
Mm, so I knew I could help. Impressive, yeah. Let me just mention disabledbutnotreally.org, and it's a great site. Talk a little bit uh, with us, too, about the people you've met through your organization, because it's all kinds of folks, uh, those with physical impairments, with mental uh, issues as well. And uh, there seems to be a universal tone to this whole thing, that people are different, but they need to be accepted. Talk a little bit about the organization, how it's unfolded. Oh, yeah. So, like, through that transition, you know, um, and starting an organization of helping people, it got me out into different communities and networks where I started to understand that there might have been someone in a worse situation than me, but they were pushing themselves. They didn't give up. And I knew that that was something that was beautiful, right? Because I know that my story was something, but then I started seeing other people who had similar stories just wasn't local. And I'm like, man, disabled but not really can help people create those stories. Mm. And um, and I remember going to an expo in L.A., and I, uh, someone introduced me to bodybuilding and adaptive CrossFit. So that's where the, that's where the weightlifting came. But the weight, with the weightlifting, I became an adaptive athlete, uh, award-winning bodybuilder and adaptive CrossFitter. And going into these competitions, I witnessed people with disabilities from – like you said, physical, mental, emotional. Um, you know, you had people that had PTSD. Right, right. You had people that were amputees or cerebral palsy or, you know, and it's like, and it's just like, it was powerful. And for me, like some of my good friends now are missing limbs. And I'm like, if, if they could build something powerful, then I can literally mm. help other people that's not in my situation, right? Right. So that's where, like, that drive to help all and make this world like a you know encompass everybody because i believe that if you're limiting yourself from your full potential then that's a disability in itself one of the things that impresses me about people like you is you probably as a young guy didn't think you'd be up in front of thousands of people on television stations and radio and podcasts and motivating people with words and actions. Is that something that ever entered your mind when you were a kid, that you'd be up and leading people in in speeches and talks and inspiration? Or is this part of this transformation that you have this skill? Oh, man. No, I I always felt like, I, you know, looking back at life, I know I was always a leader, um, but I had no goals of, like, you know, this realm of life that I'm in, of having an organization, being a public speaker, sharing my story all over the world. Um, no, <laughs> it was not a go back then. Uh, I think growing up after fifth grade, I mean, fifth grade dreams were being a football player. You know, most elementary kids, they like sports. Um, and so it was being a football player. By sixth grade, I wanted to be Scarface. Mm, right? So, yeah. so, like, my direction in life, I mean, I didn't think I was going to make it past 21. So I didn't have ambitions to actually go motivate and inspire the world. I actually grew up thinking the world hated who I was. Final request, my friend, since you do this all the time for groups large and small, maybe you'll do it for us here on the podcast. A few words of wisdom, what you've learned, what you'd like to impart, and a little dose of inspiration for those out there listening, please. You know, um, one of my things is just that... (laughs) You have to push yourself past your mental limits. Like, everybody has the ability to be more than their current circumstances. But you have to understand that what you're looking for comes from the inside. I didn't, no one could help me. um, No one could guide me on into this life that I'm living today. I had to figure that out. 
you know, and I figured that out by loving myself first. Because once I was able to love myself, I didn't care about the judgment of others. I didn't care how the world saw me. I didn't care if anybody else loved me because I loved myself. And when I, when I understood what self-love was, now that love gravitated to other people. And, it, and, it, and, and that's where I am today. So if I could, you know, leave your audience with anything, it's more or less it's don't let your struggle be your identity. And that, you know, we all face, we all face obstacles in our life. But I think that we, we are supposed to be tested. Nothing comes without, um, nothing comes without a test. And so no matter what you're going through in life, no matter if it's a, a, a disability or just a limitation of fear or doubt or whatever, you have to pull it from inside out and understand who you are. Understanding yourself will actually open up doors that you always mm. seen closed. That's and I think that that, that is the, the if, yeah, honestly, my message is know yourself, love yourself, be yourself, and allow everybody else to adjust. Deal with it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, I, I was sounding like really big when you said it because, like, yeah, that was one of my mic drops. But <laughs> what, you did a mic drop right there on us podcast. I love it, man. I, I love your spirit and your story is remarkable. I also want to tell people about your main site, which is IamWesleyHamilton.com. But uh, the organization is disabled, but not really.org. I love that name. It's been a delight chatting with you. And uh, we certainly wish you and all of the people who are in your organization and beyond all the best going forward, my friend. Oh, man. Well, I truly appreciate it. And hopefully... I gave some words of wisdom, and um, thank you for just giving me the opportunity to share this story. Thanks once again for listening to Dyslexics Wanted. We're seeking personal stories about your dyslexia journey and would love to hear from you. If you or someone you care about have a story to tell, we would consider featuring it on this podcast. Send the story to me, Jordan, that's J-O-R-D-A-N, Jordan at chartproductions.com. Chart is spelled C-H-A-R-T. We'd love to hear from you. Remember to subscribe, download, rate, and review this podcast, available on all major web platforms. And once again, for much more, visit WICD.org. That's WICD.org.